the Lloyd's List Shipping Podcast. Welcome to the Lloyd's List Podcast. I'm Richard Mead, editor of Lloyd's List. The hot topic of cargo-related fires on board container ships refuses to be extinguished, despite a recent flurry of industry efforts to snuff out the problem. We've not seen a Yantian Express, a Maersk Honum or an MSC Flaminia reach the headlines in recent months, but there has been a persistent series of smaller fires that have gone largely unnoticed, and the numbers are not going down. According to the P&I Club Guard, on average, there have been roughly one fire every two weeks so far in 2020. Joining me to discuss the persistent problem of burning boxes, I have a panel blazing with expertise this week. Ari Solem, Senior Claims Executive and Lawyer at Guard, Peregrine Stores Fox, TT Club's Risk Management Director, and Captain Rahul Kanna, Global Head of Marine Risk Consulting at Allianz. Ari, I want to start with you, if you don't mind, this week, because... It was your article that caught my eye with that remarkable statistic, one fire every two weeks so far in 2020. That really is quite astounding. Now, we should point out that it is an average assessment based on numbers from industry sources as well as your own portfolio at Guard, but it does seem clear that these smaller fires and near misses on board, they're not going away, are they? And what is it that's behind these incidents and and what do you think needs to happen here? Yeah, thank you, Richard. Um, you're absolutely right, and and this is the um, background for for my uh, or our article um, that we haven't seen these uh, bigger cases uh, during the last year, but but uh, it seems to be fairly stable uh, stable flow of of smaller cases um, happen uh, happening in in terminal areas and also on board uh, uh, container ships. Um, and uh, that indicates that, that sort of the, the problem is the same, even though we, we haven't seen the, the larger cases. And uh, we are talking about cargo-related fires, which means that, um, uh, of course, the cargo is the, the, the fundamental uh, problem. Um, and and we, we, we see uh, a lot of fires co- caused by uh, coal cargoes, um, chemicals, uh, and also batteries uh, these days. Um, and it's, it seems to be more or less luck whether or not uh, a fire develops into to something bigger. So, so the problem seems to be the same, um, but uh, but the, the bigger fires ha- have, haven't really occurred. Um, but, but but we should keep this in focus, and, and that's the, the the background for for the article. Mm. Rahul, I mean, based on the sort of the general trend and and the annual view that you do. That, that rate of one fire every two weeks, I mean, does that sound about right to you? And, and, and where does it fit in the sort of general trend of, of, of safety as far as you're concerned? I'm not really surprised by this number of two fires, uh, every two weeks of fire, because a lot of these smaller fires um, happen and they go unnoticed or unrecorded, or even if they are, uh, they fall below the deductibles in, in as far as insurance is concerned. And in all these cases, um, uh, there is this potential of any one of these becoming a major fire. Um, as I said, I, uh, I'm i really not surprised uh, after I read Red Guard's report and article on this. And this is seriously worrying. Um, mm-hmm. As as um, already said, that it probably uh, is a bit of a luck that which one of these fires is going to turn into a next Masconum or, or Yantian Express or, or any one of those. So serious concerns on this. 
the trend is still going up. Fortunately, we haven't had a big one. Uh, hopefully we won't, but uh, it's not going away. And, and there's a lot which is happening, but I certainly feel it's not happening quick enough. And I mean, just in terms of the trend, I mean, there seems to be a sort of a general acceptance that you know, this is just normal shipping. The industry seems to be sort of shrugging almost that, you know, small fires are, are, are pretty business as usual. I mean, is that is that unfair, do you think? Or, or you know, is, is this just a, so regular now it's become a reality of the industry? I, I think um, uh, it's uh, it's very hard to to accept that, at least from our point of view, that yes, they might be smaller at the moment and what we are seeing, but, but in any case, as we said, one of these can become such larger, uh, bigger fires and then the consequences are so severe. These small incidents do happen on board ships, we know, uh, having been there, uh, but the consequences of them um, have changed in the light of the fact that the ships have become so big, so huge, uh, I mean, container ships have gone up 1500% in capacity in the last 15 years. I mean, uh, back in them days, uh, you used to call a 2000 TU container ship a large ship, and now 23,000 ships, 23,000 TU ships are making its way. So the scale has gone up. Uh, a small fire consequence in those ships earlier, in, in decades ago, was, was a lot different. But now the consequences are very much different. And the, the issue here is that... Uh, the 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 uh, protection, the fire detection, and the firefighting cap capabilities of these vessels hasn't really changed uh, in proportion to the change in the risk, which has gone up. Mm. So while uh, uh, people might say, "Oh, these are small instances and small things happen," we are looking at consequences which are far bigger than the risk uh, uh, than, than the risk it should pose. Um, whether if the ship sizes were not exponentially larger and complicated now. Peregrine, let's come to you because, I mean, it seems every time Lloyd's List talks to you, this is this is what we are talking to you about. And uh, you have been arguing for, for many years, to my knowledge, that the industry must do better. I mean, TT Club, which uh, those who are not aware of what you do, you insure cargo and... Um, You've been arguing for some time that you know, the industry needs to see significant improvements in terms of cargo declaration, packing, misdeclaration, all these issues that lead to these incidents. Indeed, uh, and obviously TT Club covers throughout the supply chain, so a number of the uh, carriers and suppliers to the cargo as well. Uh, and absolutely, the, the whole declaration issue and the way that cargo is packed in, in its entirety is of fundamental importance and I appreciate the, the sort of raising of the issue by RA and uh, Rahul's comments as well. I, I think that they're, they're spot on. The industry has been looking to do quite a bit but there is no doubt that the, the scale of a problem is there and the scale of the consequence is absolutely there. And it's interesting actually in uh, the Flaminia judgment, the 2018 judgment in New York, uh, one of the uh, express defences raised by the carrier in in that case and seemed to be accepted was that the volumes concerned on board a ship are such that they can't possibly be uh, able to know everything that they need to know about the cargo that's presented. And of course that links very closely to the, the point that Rahul was making that on the, the largest container ships now with a mix of 20 foot and 40 foot containers and indeed other sizes, but broadly uh, we're, we're talking of somewhere around 16,000 units that may be on board a ship. 
and those are going to be a mixture of some that are uh, full container loads of one type of cargo, and that's uh, an issue in itself. Others are going to be uh, uh, consolidated boxes, and therefore, when a carrier is trying to identify where the risks may be, they're going to be dealing with literally tens of thousands of interactions and customers in order to pinpoint where the issue might be and how to mitigate that in terms of the capability to ensure that the cargo is properly stowed uh, on board the ship in compliance with SOLAS and IMDG. Uh, so there are, there are a whole range of issues in there that uh, are needing to be taken into account. Mm. And w within that, and it feels like we are to some extent going over old ground here, but there have been some positive steps, as we alluded to at the beginning. The the recent uh, grouping of five organisations uh, set up to, to, to address this issue through the CTU code, and um, I think the improvements in the dangerous good code and things happening with the industry to try and raise awareness, that does seem to be making some positive progress. Do you, do you think that is all adding up to more awareness of these issues within the industry, or do you think more needs to be done still? I don't think there's any possibility of uh, relaxing at all. So yes, the Cargo Integrity Group, uh, of which TT is a partner, uh, is a step in trying to increase awareness and also push for uh, change where it's necessary. So fundamentally, that's around the CTU code. But inevitably, we're also looking at where the issues are arising. So in relation to well, the CTU code itself, uh, there are arguments that it should be updated and extended, uh, which have to be taken through the, the different UN agencies. But in relation to IMDG, uh, questions have already been raised and there's a correspondence group going on at IMO with regard to special provisions uh, and the way that they may derogate from a full application of the code. Uh, and beyond that, um, indeed in the, well, the Flaminia case and also Mescona, uh, my ears prick up when I see something classified as class nine, so marine pollutant or miscellaneous. Uh, and if that goes on fire, that to me doesn't sound as though it should be class nine. And I think there has to be some concern raised uh, at IMO and indeed at the UN group of experts as to how cargoes are classified and whether there is uh, enough rigor in ensuring that they are properly classified. Uh, to give the carrier the best possible chance to take the the mitigation steps that uh, that they can when they accept cargo on board. Uh, Richard, I just wanted to um, add uh, the proposal which um, some of uh, the stakeholders have put forward to the Maritime Safety Committee at IMO. Um, this is by Germany, Bahamas, Ayumi, Vimco and uh, CESA. These five organizations have put a proposal to IMO um, regarding the improvement of uh, the fire detection and fire uh, fighting on board container ships. This is quite a detailed technical document, but it just goes in to show that um, organizations when coming together and looking into these, this problem are coming out with very obvious gaps in, in, the, uh, in the whole picture that we can see. Um, Basically, to say that we, we have three issues here. We have the prevention aspect of fires, 
Uh, and if that doesn't, uh, there's a whole layer, then we get into detection aspect of it, and then there's a whole layer, then we have to start fighting the bus. And the uh, the issue of misdeclaration is focusing on the prevention part, but for the detection and firefighting issues, we have all the other issues that are these ships now well equipped or not um, to fight the fires and detect the fires. And that's the only way we're going to address this. And Richard, from my perspective, I think where uh, RA landed in his article with regard to collaboration is, uh, from my perspective, really important. It's something that obviously is at the heart of the Carbon Integrity Group initiative, uh, but also within that group, there's a recognition that we're needing to reach out to all sorts of other industry and governmental stakeholders. And that's uh, you know, the likes of Arya and uh, Rahul in this sort of conversation, but also into others who have some sort of uh, interest, but not necessarily directly in what is happening in the supply chain. And there I'm thinking of uh, people like the World Customs Organization and the uh, safe uh, principles that are put out there that actually is not about safety, it's about how to uh, declare goods from a fiscal perspective. Uh, but one of the aspects is recognizing that those other stakeholders, such as World Customs Organization or indeed security agencies, actually need to be aware of where deficiencies are found in the, the sort of general transport flow, because more than likely those deficiencies are going to be reflected in the sorts of things that they see in relation to their activities, not least because a lot of this actually comes back to crime. In, in, in what sense does it come back to crime? Could you just expand on that a little? Uh, well, obviously, misdeclaration can be a mistake, as indeed can non-declaration. But there is sufficient evidence from uh, the incidents that we see and also the other conversations uh, we have with lines that uh, there are a number of stakeholders who are deliberately taking action to avoid and uh, obfuscate the information uh, flow so that people don't actually get hold of, or the carriers in particular, do not get hold of the right information and therefore have a chance of taking, uh, avoiding action of whatever nature. Um, so that, that is fraud, it's crime. Mm. Uh, and of course that links into the fact that enforcement uh, needs to be stepped up on a, a national and international basis um, in, in terms of looking at these regulations and following them through with prosecutions where necessary. So that the, the ante is raised in terms of the sort of activity that is essentially criminal. Wonderful. Well, we will try our best to make sure that uh, it doesn't slip under the radar on Lloyd's List. But uh, for now, Ari, Peregrine, Rahul, thank you very much for joining the Lloyd's List podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks.